0: John Ziegler,
2: the co-host of the new podcast, The Death of Journalism, former mediaite senior columnist, is with us this afternoon from Los Angeles, where he's trying to help all the homeless people out there because California just can't get it done. And John's taking it on as a project of his own. How are you, Zig, this afternoon?
1: <laughs> I'm doing OK, Mark. Uh, at least they've gotten a nice bath, the homeless have. Oh, uh,
2: I'm going to Oh, yeah, they have. So even, you know, I think a lot of the focus nationally was on the northern part of the state. But you guys got hammered down there, right?
1: Well, in my opinion, it couldn't have been better. I mean, we've been in a legitimate drought for the last couple of years. Of course, we hear lots about the drought. We never hear anything about what happens when the drought is over, which it now effectively is. Uh, Somehow we're simultaneously in a, a drought emergency and a flooding emergency, which can only happen in 2023, California.
2: Oh, I'll get to the homeless people and some of the other nuttiness in just a moment. But, Zig, I, I need—I seek counsel from you here this afternoon because I feel okay. like I'm, I'm losing my edge just a little bit. I got taken two okay. times. You, you're aware of one of them. So this ESPN Holly Rowe story, which I thought that that tweet was serious. John Calipari grabs Holly Rowe from ESPN, sort of puts his hands. People in St. Louis would recognize this as like our former pitching coach, Mike Maddox, when he goes out to Wano on the mound. You know, He puts his arms... Sometimes there's a two-shoulder rub. That's when you know you're really in trouble. Sometimes (laughs) one shoulder. But this guy reports, and I sent this to you because I was trying to sniff it out. ESPN and Holly Rowe have filed charges against Kentucky coach John Calipari for his inappropriate touching of Rowe during a halftime interview at the Tennessee game today. A warrant has been issued by Knoxville PD for his arrest. I'll be honest, I thought that was not real, but then... It just seemed real in this era that we're in, but it was a pretty clever parody account, I think.
1: Well, uh, it was a parody, uh, but as I wrote uh, in response, you can't tell the difference between real life and parody anymore. I mean... Uh, it's it's really gotten to that point i i really have no idea how the onion or any of the other parody uh, websites are able to exist because in this bizarre world what you just theorized about or was at least theoretically possible uh, as insane as that is Although he did get in trouble for it. I mean, that's that was bizarre enough, but, but apparently he was not actually arrested for the
2: incident. Yeah, because there were, you know, when I Googled it, there were a couple of columns out there, SI and others that were talking about this troubling you know, interview, but the guy who reported on the warrant was obviously just being jokey-jokey, and it was pretty clever. I fell for it. Uh, and by the way, it's coming after, this is a week ago, I tweeted this out last week, I'm sure you saw this, where you had at the University of Southern California, they're taking the word field out of its curriculum, because The word field, John, is racist.
1: See, see, this is the proof that you cannot parody real life. I mean, how in the world could a rational person possibly determine if that's all the information you had, right? If what you just said was all the information you had, there's not a rational person in the world that could discern whether that was real life or parody. And what you're just saying... What you just said there is real life, as insane as that sounds, yet it would sound like parody, you know, two or three years ago for sure it would have been parody. And now you have to go, hmm, I'm not quite so sure. But, yeah, I, I, that one might be at the top of the list of the, of the most insane of that realm. But it's getting difficult to tell the, 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 them apart, frankly.
2: Hey, I talked a little bit earlier on the show. Did you watch it's, – it's about a seven-and-a-half, eight-minute speech by this guy who is originally from Russia, Konstantin Kissin, who did the speech at Oxford on um, woke academia and climate change. Have you watched that?
1: I I tweeted a part of the speech, yes. It was really
2: good, and he he hit the nail on the head for sure. All right, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was, uh, this was in the L.A. Times over the weekend, an editorial that says, this is stunning. Yes, it really will take billions of dollars a year to solve the uh, homelessness crisis in California. You go on, you read this, and they talk about how, in this fiscal year, Gavin Newsom, and his budget contains 3.4 billion dollars in homelessness funding. At the same time, he got a big deficit out there in California. And the line from the uh, from the editorial is: the Corporation for Supportive Housing, uh, supportive housing, put out a report last month estimating that the state needed to invest on 8.1 billion dollars a year over 12 years. Because throwing billions and billions, that's going to solve solve the problem in California, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um,
1: well, let's first of all at least mention why we now suddenly have a deficit. That's because in the middle of an election cycle, our king, Gavin Newsom, literally handed out $1,000 checks to most of the state Allegedly to fight inflation as insane as that is, I mean it so 's right there you're you 're in a bizarre world, uh, but then the uh, you know the core problem here with regard to the homeless is well the, the, what causes it is is mental illness and drug addiction, but why we can 't fix it is because we 've now live in a world where you 're not allowed to force anybody to do anything they don 't want to do uh, and and somehow can you imagine? 15, 20 years ago, uh, the homeless being a protected group. I mean, these are people that are a scourge on society, and now they're a protected group. You're not allowed to do anything that looks bad in cleaning the situation up. So you have to say pretty please, and you have to give them a nice place to go. And, of course, all of that costs money. And, of course, whenever the government is involved, it will cost way more than it should. And so that's where we are.
2: So the, the editorial talks about how, you know, Newsom has invested in his Homekey program to buy and convert hotels, motels, and apartment buildings into housing for homeless people. Look, I I had homeless people that lived basically on my front porch when I was in college— at Mizzou, got to know them because they were they were always there. We've got a park here, John, uh, about you know a hundred yards from where I'm sitting right now that is filled with homeless people between here and City Hall. Why does anyone who has looked at this particular issue in this country over the course of decades think that throwing money at them and offering homeless people uh, a night in a in a shelter is going to work? They don't want to be there for the most part.
1: Yeah, well, that's the fundamental issue is that that liberals uh, refuse to accept the real world. Uh, they don't want to accept the idea, it is because in their minds the only reason why people are homeless is because society has screwed them over, and that we're an unjust society, and they're there because of their their race or their gender or or whatever it else whatever else makes them a victim, uh, and so society is to blame. Therefore, society must pay to fix it, and that's just that's just the fundamental falsehood it's just not reality but unfortunately we're we're now forced to live in this fantasy world i mean we live in a fantasy world in here in california in so many different ways and this is just one of them
2: well look they they say in this that there's not enough affordable housing for low income people I- think that that's probably true. And then they say can fall into homelessness. Let's talk about that a little bit. I don't don't know about that, (laughs) right? Low-income people, they're going to struggle. They're going to try to pay their rent. Are they going to fall into homeless encampments in California? I mean, the mental illness aspect of this is a huge component. The substance abuse component is also large, which is why you can't really solve these issues, because what are you going to do? Throw $8 billion a year at this and still have the same crisis? There's, there's not going to be any solving here.
1: No. Um, well, and, and, and of course, the, the, the pretend part of this, another pretend part of this, is that we don't already have a social welfare system to, to create a safety net for people. I mean, you have to really screw up. Uh, yes, there's something really, really wrong with you to end up homeless in California in this day and age. And you know, yes, there's an affordability uh, crisis, um, mostly because there's we, we've overpopulated the state. Thankfully, thanks to Gavin Newsom, that's becoming less of a problem because people are moving out of the state more than they're moving in these days. But that's not uh, helping with the problem with affordable housing. Uh, you know, so that, when you only have so much land and there's so much demand, creating affordable housing is, is almost an impossibility. So they've got an inherent problem there. But this, what they're proposing, as you say, is not going to fix it. That's
2: but, true. however, John, I mean, I think we can segue here. If you are a homeless African-American in San Francisco, you have hit the lottery, haven't you?
1: It looks like that. I mean, you certainly – you know. and by the way, you, you might hit it both in San Francisco and statewide because, of course, the state – is already proposing reparations for black people, even though the state never had slavery be illegal, and there's no one living in the state who not only were, was ever enslaved, never even had a grandparent enslaved, who is currently living in California. And, uh, and yet now San Francisco wants to outdo even the state of California and is proposing $5 million per black person. There's so many levels of insanity here. I've already mentioned several them, but, but how in the world do you even define black person?
2: I, I don't know. I mean, th- this is one of those stories, again, it kind of fits the theme here with what we're talking about, but people in, in my part of the country look at something like this, and they shake their heads thinking, what, really? You have a homeless crisis. You've got all these things that you want the government to do, and this is what you're going to use the money for, to pay people in a state that wasn't a slave state, who have no descendants or relatives that were slaves.
1: Well, as I always say in almost every one of the interviews that you and I do, uh, and, and that is that there's nothing that unique about California. The only reason why this is happening is because there's no resistance to it here in California, because we have no Republican Party and we have no media whatsoever, no news media whatsoever. So therefore, we have a king. If any other location in the country allows the same circumstances to occur, it will happen there as well. So you must hold the line. You must stamp it out immediately. And what I think this is what we're seeing here is once again – similar to global warming, similar to what happened with COVID, what has occurred with race relations and civil rights, starts off sounding really nice and well-intentioned and ends up as a money grab. That's always what it ends up being, Uh, if it goes on long enough and there's no resistance to it getting out of control. And they've said for decades, oh, no, 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 we're not about reparations. That's the civil rights leaders. Oh, no, 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 not about reparations, mainly because, kind of like masks, no one ever thought Americans would go for reparations. But now it's getting darn near close, Mark, being an absolute mandatory position to take in a Democratic Party nationwide to be pro-reparations even in situations where reparations have absolutely no business being given under any circumstances. But that's the world we now live in, and it's going to happen again and again and again, unless and until there's pushback, which I'm not particularly optimistic about, especially here in California.
2: Zig, you were one of the great warriors here the last couple of years on the COVID front with the masking and the freedom and all the nonsense that went on out there. And, you know, I, I have to ask you about this because I keep seeing it on social media. I am certainly open to the notion that there are some people who got this vaccine who may have complications, side effects, maybe even a heart attack. But if you notice that every damn person who has dropped from a heart attack in this country, it's because of the jab. It's the only answer, right?
1: Well, yeah, I I think, as usual, you and I are in the same place. Um, I I think that there's got to be a rational middle here. Uh, I, I And I could understand, look, nobody hates the medical establishment and the media more than me for what they have done over the last three years and would and if take putting aside the medical damage that will be done if the vaccines are really causing harm, putting that aside okay for a second there 's no one that would like to see them eat it on this and be proven wrong more than me all right however, uh, that doesn 't make it right to jump to conclusions without real data real evidence that doesn't mean it's not happening I just don't believe it's been proven as of yet. I hate anecdotal evidence. I hate this idea that now we're looking at anybody who dies young of a cardiac arrest. It must be the vaccines. However, I do think there are some troubling situations. There are some, some troubling questions. There's some data that doesn't make sense. There's excess deaths that don't make sense. I'd like an explanation for them. And I don't trust the health establishment or the news media to get to the bottom or tell the truth about any of it. And so you can be distrustful without being a lunatic. And I think that's where I am on this issue right now.
2: Yeah, but it's hard because here, I'll give you another local example. We got um, a lot of people in my school district, unfortunately, pass away. So we get messages from the superintendent. I got one today. Dear Rockwood Families, there was a student who was just in kindergarten, and it reads, who passed away unexpectedly over the weekend. I guarantee you, if I go to the Facebook page for this school district right now, there are people that are going to say, It was the jab. And by the way, maybe it was. I don't know for sure. But what I do know is that there are people out there that are so nuts and crazy on this stuff right now asking these questions like, have we ever had a period where people who are younger have died from a heart attack? I was friends with a guy in Columbia, Missouri, who played basketball, 31 years old, died of a heart attack on the basketball court. So it does happen. But we all have to be open to some answer because there are questions. I do not deny that there are questions out there that need to be resolved. I'm not confident we can get answers, though.
1: I'm right there with you. I'll use one example. I don't know if you remember this, but in 2019, there was a huge media narrative out here in California about – horse race, uh, race horses who were dropping dead at oh, Santa Anita Racetrack, yes, right? Yes. This, this got enormous, enormous media coverage nationwide without any evidence or data backing up that it was real, no explanation for it, but there was no hesitancy on the news media whatsoever to scare the hell out of people that horses were dying mysteriously and unexpectedly at Santa Anita rac- Racetrack. It turned, from anything I can tell, they never came up with a reason for why it was happening, if it was happening, but that really, to me, proves they massive double standard here because the mainstream news media will not touch this issue with a 10-foot pole. Why? Because they are so deeply, deeply invested in the vaccines being safe and effective because they were the ones that vouched for this. They forced this down, not the throats, but the arms of the American people, and they cannot possibly go back now, which makes them very poor arbiters of truth. Because they have no interest in finding anything that might be uncomfortable, and that's why this distrust issue is so devastating to America and why it is we did this podcast, The Death of Journalism, because it's really at the heart of so many of our problems in so many areas in
2: America. I have a, a friend and a contributor to the show. I don't know. You may have seen his work because he posts it real clear. His name is Dr. Buzz Hollander. He's a family practice physician on the Big Island of Hawaii. We've gotten to know him here over the last couple of years. And he's one of these common sense guys on, you know, COVID. And he wrote a great column about the jab and, you know, the issues with um, myocarditis and some of these other things. And he opens, he's open to the possibility. And he knows that there are legit questions that are out there, but not willing because there is no evidence to make the case that all of these things are a result of the vaccine. Then the other question is, is you, you, and I, I guess I know the answer to some people's um line of thinking here would you argue still that this is a tough question that all of the positives that may have happened from the vaccine were not worth it a lot of people in the anti-vaccine camp would say look it didn't help at all right it didn't prevent deaths it didn't prevent people from getting it we know that so you're never going to figure this out because everyone's Um, so confused john
1: in my in my opinion, right now you can still make an argument that the vaccines uh, were net positive. And by the way, part of the reason they were net positive. Was a purely psychological effect. Let's be clear, Mark. No one on the other side wants to even think about this as, as the likely scenario. But the real reason why the vaccines became so popular is because by the middle of the beginning and middle of 2021, most of America realized that we completely overreacted and they wanted to get back to normal. But you needed an excuse. Right for why you could get back to normal without losing face that you had crapped your pants in 2020 over something that didn't deserve to be have your pants crapped over so That's what the vaccines did. Masks did that for a short period of time, but they weren't enough to get us fully back to normal. It was only when over half the population was vaccinated, everyone could then say, okay, well now we've done the best we can, let's go back to normal.
0: For rational
1: people, then there was the irrational, insane COVIDians that will never go back to normal. So that's the aspect of the vaccines, the psychological aspect, the saving face aspect of this, that no one ever wants to talk about, that for better or for worse, did have some positive impact because it allowed us to. Mostly, though not totally, go back to normal.
2: I uh, got to have you weigh in here on the NFL playoffs from the weekend.
1: Why are they still having the playoffs? I thought the Bills had been decided as the the victors because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. Why, why isn't it? It seems that was it feels, it was so, it Sue, feels Sue politically gets uncomfortable. incorrect even be playing. Yeah, why I are know. we
2: forcing the Bills to even play a game, Mark? I don't understand. See, I love this. This is what I love about you, John, because Sue got tired. of me. I think she thought I was insensitive because, look, I was watching the game live. I was caring about DeMar Hamlin. But the way that this kind of took over, as if no other player has ever collapsed on the field. And I realized it was a little different because we, we thought we saw a guy die on live TV. But guess what? He's okay now, right? Everything's fine. We learned that relatively quickly, but it didn't matter because the most important thing wasn't the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, the league itself. It was Damar Hamlin. That's what we decided.
1: Well, what well, I found so remarkable about that. It wasn't – think about all the things that the league and their media partners gave up in order to protect themselves on the Damar Hamlin situation. The games don't matter. Really? I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're telling me the games that we obsess over don't matter. Home field advantage doesn't matter at all. Why we're buying tickets to the games, I have no idea. But home field advantage, ha, 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 AFC championship game, it doesn't matter when the game is played. That's, that's irrelevant. And then the third one that I really am still stunned by is that the league and the media partners are perfectly fine with everyone believing that this occurred because of a routine impact to his chest on a tackle. Uh, with, and we're, we're not supposed to ask any questions about this. That's what happened. So in football now, even though we've never had this happen in the modern history of the NFL, in football, according to the NFL and the media partners, you can just have a cardiac arrest at any moment simply because of a routine tackle.
2: Really? Well, really? John, it was the jab, and you know it. Come on, man. I don't know what it was, but I don't think it was the tackle. John Ziegler, the Death of Journalism podcast. What episode are you on right now?
1: Uh, we just released number 24 today, which is a good one.
2: Awesome. Zig, I always like to get you fired up. I think we accomplished that this afternoon. Right. God bless you. Thanks, Mark. We'll see you. Bye.
1: Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.